We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, I wanted to get into a very juicy topic today with these Fowler rankings over at ESPN. You can find them on ESPN Plus on ESPN Insider if you want to read the full articles. Uh, But he's been doing these for a couple of years now. Every year heading into training camp, he asks uh, NFL executives, NFL coaches, players, scouts to kind of make this combined top 70 uh, not sorry, not top 70, 70, you know, people that are polled to make a top 10 list. Uh, and so I think last week he did all the defensive positions, which we're going to talk about on the podcast at some point. Uh, I know for the edges, he had Joey Bosa ranked at number four, Khalil Mack ranked at number nine. Then there was talk on Twitter about his ranking for Derwin James. Uh, I, the Chargers did not have any people in the top 10 uh, defensive tackles, uh, as you might imagine. But then there was the J.C. Jackson stuff with cornerbacks. So we were actually going to kind of wait to make an episode uh, to talk about all those rankings, if we think they're accurate, too high, too low, um, all that kind of stuff. Jeremy Fowler kind of dropped the the nuke on us today and was like, here, it's Monday. It's the offseason. Here's the quarterback rankings. And here comes the airplane, right, (laughs) with just fresh content and fresh debate, ready to start. Um, so I actually like these Fowler polls um, just because they tell you where the league thinks players are. Of course, there's some, you know, lazy thinking that goes on, which is we'll, we'll talk about the whole uh, wins are a QB stat trend that tends to go on with this list in particular. Um, but I just, you know, it kind of helps you see where players go from year to year. A player who is not anywhere near the top 10 list can jump into the top 10 at a certain position whether that's quarterback or something else. So it's always fun to, you know, keep track of where the league thinks guys are Uh, more so than like when me, Steven or Tyler do a top 10 list, of course, you know, we're kind of just gas bagging and telling people what we think we want. It is kind of cool to hear, you know, what coaches, what scouts, what executives think, even if sometimes I think it's kind of dumb, but it's a good resource nonetheless. Uh, So let's get into the top 10 quarterbacks list. So, Before we get into the list itself, uh, you know, uh, the objective, uh, as Fowler writes here, is to identify the best players right now for 2022. This is not a five-year projection uh, projection or an achievement award. Who are the best players today? Pretty simple, right? So uh, there's no Trevor Lawrence part of this where it's like, oh, who am I drafting five years from now? 
uh, or you're not necessarily worried about potential Brady decline or Brady retirement. We're just saying, hey, 2022, these are the guys. Um, and so, uh, you know, there are going to be guys that, you know, didn't get votes. Uh, and I think only, I, I think Fowler said that only like 15 different players got certain votes. Um, so let's just get into, get into the list. Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes in at number one. I actually don't disagree with this ranking. I personally have Rodgers two and, and Mahomes one when I did my top 10 ranking, but Rodgers is coming off of an MVP season, um, his you know third MVP of his career, uh, and now trails Peyton Manning only with five. Um, I'm going to bring up a point about Rodgers a little bit later, but I'll just say for, for, for what the voting is, I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers being number one. I'm sure there are people who do, um, but I think that's fine, even though I think he would be number two if I was doing my list, uh, which we did a top 10 quarterbacks episode a little bit while back, probably like three weeks ago. Uh, Patrick Mahomes comes in at number two. They, you know, they bring up the stuff with Tyreek Hill, right? But again, this is kind of projecting before he loses Tyreek Hill. So I'm fine with Patrick Mahomes being number two. Um, I would actually rank him higher. I would still rank him at number one, just the total package of what he gives you on offense. Uh, I think he's the most dangerous weapon in the league. But it's between him and Rodgers for me, and I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Josh Allen was actually very close with Tom Brady in the voting. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. Josh Allen's highest rank was number one. Lowest rank was number seven. Um, and Tom Brady's highest ranked vote was number one. And his lowest was number eight. So it was actually very close between Josh Allen and Tom Brady on this list, which I, which I find kind of interesting. So it seems like Mahomes and Rodgers are very much ahead of the pack in their one one two nature here and then you have Allen and brady um alan i have no problem with having him at number three i had him at number four on my list uh and so you know the the improvement that you've seen in accuracy uh down down creation did have a little bit of a slump from uh the towards the end of last year did struggle down the stretch but of course has those two bonkers playoff games uh against the patriots and against the chiefs to the point where you, you kind of throw some of the rest of that stuff out. Um, but we'll talk about how we should use the playoffs as a resource or a tool later. Um, Tom Brady comes in at number four. Highest ranking was number one on somebody's list. Lowest ranking was number eight. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Brady has earned his spot in the top five. I personally had him at number five. I had Justin Herbert at number three um, on my list still. But I think Tom Brady at number four is fine. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with his retirement or if he will decline. I think people have been betting on Tom Brady to decline for a while, and he just hasn't. So <laughs> I'm just going to wait till the day he retires to, to take him out of the top 10, I guess. Um, here's where the list gets interesting and where Chargers Twitter thinks it gets interesting. Joe Burrow is ranked at number five. His highest ranking on one of somebody's list was number two. They ranked Joe Burrow. Some, somebody definitely ranked Joe Burrow either A, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, or B, ahead of Patrick Mahomes, which is bonkers to me. Love Joe Burrow, but you're insane if you're going to rank him over <laughs> guys who could have been MVPs of this league multiple times and two guys who have both won MVP uh, respective times. I, I just, I don't understand it. 
Lowest ranking, though, was out of the top 10 on somebody's list. I, I didn't know if Steven had a vote on one of these lists, but I guess he was the guy that threw Burrow out at the top 10. Um, but I personally don't have a problem. Oh, I, well, I, <laughs> I don't have a problem with Burrow being in the top 10. I do have a problem with Burrow being ranked over Herbert. And that's what I think got generated the most discussion on Chargers Twitter. Um, and so the big line that will get you, and I'm just going to fast forward to Justin Herbert's paragraph. Um, and uh, yeah, there's this line over here. Winning helps in the voting, which explains Herbert's standing. The two quarterbacks ahead of him are coming off the Super Bowl. I just think it's a very lazy way of looking at the process. Like we're taking 17 game sample sizes and then kind of throwing them out, <laughs> right? Of course, I just talked about Josh Allen, right? And what I mentioned with Josh Allen is he did have a little bit of an end of season slump, right? If you look at the numbers of his second half of the season, they're not as good as the numbers he put up in the first half of the season. But I can kind of use his playoff performances to conform or adjust my priors based on his season, right? But I, I still need to have that performance from him where he showed me, hey, at one point this season, I was a top three quarterback. And then in the playoffs again, I showed I was a top three quarterback, right? So I, I think that that is how you can use the playoffs as a resource. But when Justin Herbert was better statistically in every area than Joe Burrow, other than completion percentage over expected, which Joe Burrow wins on with completion percentage and passer rating, uh, Joe, Justin Herbert beats him in every single other category. And <laughs> if you don't, if you don't believe me, uh, I can share my screen very quickly when we want to talk about uh, stuff like EPA and all of those stats per play. Justin Herbert had more touchdowns. Uh, I, I believe Herbert ended up having um, about the same amount of interceptions as well. But total production, Justin Herbert threw for about 400 more yards. Uh, give me one second here as I try to share my uh, screen a little bit. Uh, I think I actually have to stop the ESPN share. And uh, I do kind of want to dive into the stats on some of this before we go back to the ESPN list. Um, but I, I think it's very interesting that we just kind of don't talk much about like the stats here with some of these guys, right? I don't see a single stat other than like QBR occasionally listed on that ESPN article. And I don't expect an ESPN poll of executives to necessarily be uh, super analytically driven. And I'm not saying you even have to use analytics to a T, right? If we're talking about the completion percentage over expected and EPA split, right? I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater and this mark is as good as Aaron Rodgers or as he's as good as Joe Burrow, of course. But when you're talking about total production, I think these are resources and tools that matter. Maybe a little more than one playoff game against the Titans, right? Um, which is what is the playoff game that was arguably his worst playoff game that's used as the tool to defend him just because the executives liked his grittiness. <laughs> so it's weird that they use that playoff game as opposed to, I don't know, the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Um, which is kind of weird to me. I, I don't really understand that either. But Herbert has him beat in EPA per play. Uh, Herbert has him beat in success rate. Um, the only stat that Herbert loses out on, as I said, was completion percentage over expected. Uh, but even uh, with you know just uh, Joe Burrow's advantage in that area, 
when it comes to efficiency and completion percentage. Uh, Herbert still has him beat in adjusted EPA and EPA per play uh, as well, which I think is telling if you're talking about the total amount of offensive production. Obviously, you can kind of look at the chart here and see where Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, and those guys are in terms of EPA. They're higher than Burrow there, uh, even if Burrow is also higher than them in completion percentage over expected. Um, but it's like, how much weight are we giving one over the other? That's where the composite ranking comes in. But then, of course, the composite ranking gives you, you know, stuff like Teddy Bridgewater is the seventh best quarterback, which I think we all agree isn't necessarily true. Um, but it's an interesting data point nonetheless. But I think if you're going to just completely throw out this EPA stat, if you're going to completely throw out 17 game sample size, of which if pulled before the playoffs, most executives would have put Herbert before Burrow before that three game sample size. I'm not the playoffs doesn't matter, but we're still looking at a larger sample size, more data during the regular season um, than when we're talking about the three games against the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Rams. <laughs> uh, sorry, the, the Raiders game as well uh, for, for Joe Burrow. And then, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it with Stafford, I guess, because Stafford is someone who statistically was a little bit uh, better than Herbert in some categories, did throw more touchdowns. Uh, Stafford's, uh, I actually want to check what Stafford's EPA per play was. I don't know what it was exactly, but yeah, it, it was a little bit ahead of Justin Herbert, um, even though Herbert has Burrow beaten EPA. So I kind of understand Stafford over Herbert, but personally, I don't really understand the, the Burrow thing over Herbert much at all, unless you're just talking about pure, they won and they lost in the playoffs, which like, I guess, but I just feel like that's a very narrow way of looking at it, right? I'm not going to rank, you know, Jason Tatum over Nikola Jokic because one got to the finals <laughs> when the other guy was was better for the large portion of the regular season. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not saying the gap between Herbert and Burrow is necessarily that, but over the regular season, all NFL executives, if polled, would have said that Herbert was better than Burrow over a larger sample size prior to the playoffs which I think is, is worth pointing out um, in these set discussions. So anyway, going back to the list, Joe Burrow is ranked at number five. Uh, we had Matthew Stafford ranked at number six, um, which is actually where I also had Matthew Stafford, even though I had Herbert at number three, which is the difference. But I think six is a very fair ranking for Matthew Stafford. Uh, and then Herbert at number seven. Um, and again, this just goes to the, like the wins are not a QB stat thing for me. I have a problem with, you know, prioritizing wins as a QB stat just because that's not how it goes. Football is one of the most team generated sports. I almost think that in basketball, when you're talking about ring count and you're talking about playoff success, one player has the ability to affect that more so uh, than in, in football. Right. And we saw how much Jamar Chase, for example, helped the Bengals this year. Um, and, you know, kind of lit a spark under that offense in addition to how good Joe Burrow was, right? So it's a little bit surprising to me uh, that, you know, Justin Herbert was as consistently ranked lower. Uh, no one had Justin Herbert higher than five, which I kind of understand, but, you know, we're, we're going to be a little bit biased towards Justin Herbert, but I think having him as a top five is fine. Out of the top 10 as his lowest ranking, is pretty wild. Like, who still has Justin Herbert out of the top 10? That's what I want to know. Like, was it this one guy who voted for Kirk Cousins uh, down here? Was was that the guy who voted against Justin Herbert? 
I don't know. Um, but having Justin Herbert at five, to me, would have been the perfect spot to have him. But the fact that there were multiple voters who had Justin Herbert out of the top 10 um, it is rather telling to me about how the league, in particular with executives and scouts, or maybe coaches as well, just use playoff success as the barometer, which is like, yeah, but there's going to be plenty of guys that change every year, and we're also not going to have playoff success, right? Um, and if we're talking about, you know, wins being a QB stat, then I think it's worth pointing out Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson does not have, you know, a ring or the most playoff success, but I think he's third behind Brady and Mahomes for win percentage uh, since he started in the NFL, right? Like, I think that's worth pointing out. He wins games too and has won 70% of the games since he's been in the league. But, uh, you know, somehow his wins don't really, you know, get put into perspective here and the success he's had with the Ravens doesn't get put into perspective here because it hasn't happened to a playoff extent yet, which is like, again, why are we looking at a three-game sample size so much over 17 games and months of film and data to look at, right? And why are we just throwing that out? Because Joe Burrow got to the Super Bowl once, which again, great achievement, good playoff run. But again, if pulled before the playoffs, I do not think that this is the top 10 we would have gotten. Uh, and that's why I say use the playoffs as a resource. But if it's your only factor for ranking one quarterback over another, I take issue with that personally. Uh, since entering the league in 2020, Herbert has the second most completions with 839 in attempts, along with the third most passing yards. He also ranks fifth in passing touchdowns and his 25 completions gaining 40 yards or more trail only Matthew Stafford in the league. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I personally believe Herbert is a little bit low on this list. I ranked Herbert number three if we're projecting into 2022. But even if you're talking of going into 2022 beforehand, there's just so few quarterbacks other than Mahomes Allen and Rodgers um, and, and the quarterbacks of that makeup who really can do what Justin Herbert does on a field. And of course they bring up the giants pass from last year, but it's true. Not many quarterbacks have that arm talent and strength that he has. So to me, leaving him out of the top five um, and some GMs and scouts leaving him out of the top 10 is a rather crazy decision to me. Uh, some other notes on this top 10 list, Russell Wilson comes in at number eight. Uh, I was interested to see where Russell Wilson would be. Uh, just because obviously he didn't play his best last year, was hurt, was getting a little bit older, changing teams. Uh, and so he comes in at number eight right behind Justin Herbert. Um, I personally would have been in the group who actually ranked Russell Wilson out of the top 10 uh, personally based on what we saw last season. Um, of course, this is a rather interesting ranking for Deshaun Watson, who now is at number nine, uh, did not play last year. Um, I don't know if people remember that, but, and it's very possible he doesn't end up playing this year. The way that me, Steven, and Tyler did our rankings, we actually did not rank Deshaun Watson at all simply because of the idea that he will, might not play this season with the suspension. And also, we don't have any data or film from last year to evaluate him off of. So I get why they're putting Deshaun Watson at nine, and that's probably where I would put him if I had to. But um, we just don't have enough data to go off of. And the guy hasn't played in a rather long time. Uh, I, I think that that's, you know, worth pointing out as well. 
Dak Prescott checks in at number 10. Uh, I personally would have him a little bit higher at number nine or eight, but I guess that's a decent placement for him. There's so many young quarterbacks like Burrow and Herbert uh, who came up on this list. But I think the real weird one is Lamar Jackson. Um, of course, there is, you know, talk about his passing last year, and obviously uh, the, the ability to stay healthy is going to come into question. But uh, I think it's really weird that these GMs talk about winning so much that it matters, right, and, and what you see in the playoffs. And Lamar Jackson consistently has put up, you know, some of the highest win percentages in the league. I don't know why that matters when Joe Burrow does it, but not when Lamar Jackson does it. Obviously, he was hurt last year. But I'm saying, you know, if we're making a top 10 list, that's not just based on last year, but based on where these quarterbacks are in the pantheon of quarterbacks. I don't see how you don't have Lamar Jackson in your top 10 personally, even with uh, some, you know, low lights in terms of QBR. Uh, Derek Carr gets an honorable mention. I'm fine with that. Kyler Murray, I would have put him in my top 10. But he gets an honorable mention here. I'm not necessarily against him being an honorable mention as opposed to a top 10, though, because, you know, did kind of blow the end of last year in some capacity. Uh, Kirk Cousins received a top 10 vote, as I mentioned. So I don't know what this list is. Uh, you know what? Let me know down in the comments below what you guys think the top 10 should have been. Would you put Would you have put Herbert over Burrow? Would you have put Stafford over Burrow? Uh, or Herbert over Stafford. What? Let me know what your list is down in the comments below. And as always, see. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.